0: So the only thing left to say is you win order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants eighteen plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com dot <laughs> com Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Preview Show. I'm Stanford Chidge and in this new weekly podcast I'll be joined by the one and only Kerry Dixon, scorer of 193 goals for Chelsea and a genuine legend to look ahead to the next Chelsea match. The podcast will be available to download every Friday by 5pm and of course this week we'll be discussing the Arsenal game at the Emirates. So Kerry, how you doing mate?
1: Well, I could be better, i got to be honest. Um, but nevertheless... Things are starting to turn the corner, and uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of this season, and hopefully the rest of the life, my life.
0: Yeah, absolutely, amen to that. And it's been great to see uh, see you release another biography, which uh, hopefully will talk about a little bit later in terms of how people can get that but uh before we do that we've obviously we've obviously got arsenal coming up on saturday and i think for many chelsea supporters particularly of my vintage kerry whenever we think of playing arsenal away we think of that wonderful wonderful august day uh in 1984 when we when we played highbury (laughs) which i know is very very special to you isn't it
1: well yes of course it is um first uh goal in what is now the Premier League uh, the old first division and uh, yeah if people ask me about which goals are like best out of the 193 I scored for Chelsea then this is going to come out on top this goal Um, it's probably the first and Grimsby probably be the second the goal I scored before that but coming back to the anticipation of it all and you know going to the Arsenal at a morning kick-off um, never expected to to see what I saw when the uh, the club bus turned round the corner just to go down towards Highbury and Chelsea fans. It was a sea of blue outside, and you know the the bus struggled to get to the to the players' entrance where we went in. And and well, that was reciprocated outside. The fans were all in the clock end when you know we went behind. And uh, well, when I hit the volley and the goal went in, it wasn't just a goal, and it was wonderful for me to have scored in the first division um, for what it was against the great side. I have to be honest, an international defense an international team. But uh, the reaction of the Chelsea fans was absolutely amazing. Something that yeah. I've never forgotten. Um, for those who were in the clock end, if you didn't jump, you would have been lifted by the, the sheer <laughs> weight, if you like. It's not weight. It's 15,000 people. However many were crammed in there, all going up in the air and going crazy at once. And, to top that off, there must have been another 5,000 who, 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 who were where they weren't meant to be, down the sides, yeah. and some even claimed it in the North Bank. So, you know, it, it was a crazy moment, and as I turned and spun away after scoring, you, you, Chelsea fans all up the side as well, it, it, it was quite incredible.
0: It was. I mean, I've offered, I, mean I, I wasn't lucky enough to be there, sadly, but I've got so many mates who were, and they, and they still... You know, call it out as one of their favourite Chelsea moments. But I mean, you know, as as a player who played in that, I mean, were you were you aware of that amazing atmosphere and the and the fact there were so many Chelsea fans going absolutely mental?
1: Well, I've never seen nothing like it. Probably again in in one condensed area. Um, obviously, the stadium has changed, and you know, because of Hillsborough, and, and you probably never see a like again. Mm. But it, it was something I'll never forget. But Chelsea fans did create that sort of atmosphere towards the end of the first season. You know, we were starting to get forty thousand gates at home. I remember there was uh, five thousand of them packed in at Tottenham away when in a night game, which they created an incredible atmosphere. It's something that Chelsea fans can do. You know, when they get certainly at away games, it used to be lots of them said that. The away support was so much better. I think it was possibly something to do with the ground, you know, um, being so far away from the pitch at the old stadium. But nevertheless, Chelsea fans did create that sort of atmosphere, but uh, that was a special one that day, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, a a legacy from those days. I I still think that uh, Chelsea supporters away, even in the modern day actually are very good at creating that atmosphere. Talking of which, of course, we've got Arsenal coming up on Saturday and I'm, I'm delighted to say that our recent record uh, against Arsenal is very good. I mean, we've not lost in them in the league since uh, 2011 with that mad 3-5. And we've not actually conceded a goal against them in the last six league games. So, I mean, we should be going into this with optimism, one feels.
1: I think you might be tempting a little bit of fate there. Um, (laughs) That's the fan in me, Kerry. Well, you, well, you, you know, you talk about not conceding a goal. Every time someone sets something up or sets a situation up, then... It's there to be shot at. Um, our defensive record this season, it's been a little bit iffy, certainly of late. Um, we've looked for me a little bit um patchy uh, in terms of you know, not it's not the solid rear guard that we knew in times of not conceding a goal to Arsenal and, and, and the certain defensive records we've set over the years. And you know, David Louise coming back, uh, JT, will he be fit? Won't he be fit? They say he will. You know, knowing John, he'll try his best to be fit. Um, will he be I think, playing I think,
0: through yeah, pain? I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the runes are that he will be back. And I think, you know, judging from the you know the defensive display, which against Liverpool was pretty shocking, and actually in the first half against Leicester wasn't much better. I think you're yeah. right. His leadership and organisation is going to make uh, a, a, a big difference. But I think you're right as well. You mentioned David Louise And I think there are a couple of questions that a lot of supporters would, would be asking about the defence for Saturday, which is... You know, if JT is fit, who will partner him? Will it be Cahill or Louise?
1: Well, that's a good point. Um, Gary Cahill has been his long-standing partner for quite a while now. Um, That's not to say his performances are being uh, monitored. Every every player is um, looked at by the manager and the supporters and everyone else um, each week on their own individual performance. And, you know... The defence as a whole, it's you know, Antonio Conte will work out who he decides is his best to. He obviously, at the moment, one feels he's going with KL and Terry, having left Louise out after buying him back um, for a decent amount of money, it must be said. But he must also be thinking that there's a place for David Louise in, in his plans, otherwise he wouldn't have spent that money. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting just how Conte does this. Um, and quite, as you, as you've already said, Looks at how, so how he views the last two defensive performances. Mm, um, yeah. I think if it JT will play. And if I had to hedge a bet, and as you know, I'm a bad gambler, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Gary Cahill, I'm afraid, at the yeah, moment. I yeah, think he might yeah. just I mean, stay with it one more time. Uh, with, you know, Arsenal don't want to give them any encouragement. They can play. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with Gary yeah, Cahill
0: at the okay. moment. That's, I think that's a good shout, mate. I mean, I, I personally, I, I rate Luis, and I think there's a lot of nonsense talked about the fact that he can't defend. I mean, and, and I've said this to many, many uh, supporters on the show and when I've been interviewed and said, well, look, you know, remember that David Luiz was part of probably the greatest defensive displays by any English team on that run and, uh, to the Champions League final and, and in fact winning it. So I think it's a, it's a bit of a, a lazy narrative, isn't it, really?
1: Yeah, it's because he's got some ability and he he does things. He goes forward comfortably, he takes free kicks, he he tries things. Some of his passing is is quite amazing. People would uh, link that, if you like, with uh, a Glenn Hoddle-type passing ability from midfield. Um, And, and, you know, when you look at John Terry tackle and Gary Cahill tackle and, you know, they they fly into tackles. David Luiz doesn't do that. He tends to try and anticipate a little bit, nick balls in front of centre forwards and and, and read the game. And that's the way he plays his his defensive role. Um, Mm. Whether it suits everyone or not remains to be seen. And people say he gives them a chance. But I'm like yeah. you. I think that uh, he's got an awful lot to offer and he can yeah. defend. Of course he can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think I think he probably feels in his own brain, he, he's got a little bit more to offer the team going forward.
0: Well, let, let's hope so. I mean, the other conundrum in defence, I think, which is uh, really with, with brana Ivanovic, who, you know, I, I love Branner. I mean, he in, in many respects, he's a bit of a throwback, I think, to the old days, the days when you were playing, you know, a guy who, Absolutely bleeds blue would run through a brick wall for us. Has been a superb servant, but I have a a, a fear at the moment that he's on the downward slope as a, as a player really, and 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 I think I think we're vulnerable there. And it was interesting to see Alonso playing against Leicester. I mean, I don't think he set the world alight in that game particularly, but what I do think is it you know by playing Aspie as as right back and Louis and, and Alonso. As left back, it gave us a lot more balance. So, do you think that Conte might take a brave decision and, and not play Branner on Saturday?
1: Well, it would be very brave. I, for one, I think I'd stick uh, stick with Branner. I, uh, that, that would be my shout. He's experienced. If he's on a downward spiral, slow downward spiral, it would be. Um, I would agree with you that he's been an absolute rock for the team. Okay, we can't live in the past and and big decisions, as we've said, have to be made. That's why managers get paid the money they do to make them decisions. Jose Mourinho made a decision with Ashley Cole and and Azpilicueta coming over to left back and and, and things like that. And people and managers have made decisions before. If that be the case, then Conte's got to make the decision and stand by it. Mm. But nevertheless, for me, I would play... Uh, Ivanovic and uh as, as um, my two. Um, I, I hear your balance view, but at the moment I wasn't totally convinced and, yeah. and I'd need to see a little bit more and I, I'd go with the tried and tested for this particular game. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I think it's interesting what you're saying actually and I, and I think you know, you, you've got a really good point there that Conte's kind of feeling his way through the side at the moment and, and it is early days and I think he's going to give a lot of the tried and tested players The benefit of the doubt. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of this uh, that you certainly see on social media and stuff is supporters have always been and will always be very impatient. And we always like to think that we know much better. But the reality is, is that, you know, our jobs are not on the line, are they? So, you know, you can understand why he sticks with it.
1: But the reality is also that's why we're supporters. That's why we have a view and that's why football is the game. It is.
0: Yep, we all have our opinions, that's what makes it a great game. Uh, now the only other kind of, you know, tactical or or playing type of issue that that I want to really talk about is, is is really picking up on the midfield and I think one of the things that we've seen in the last few games is 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 a kind of a lack of creativity in midfield. You know, playing Kante and Matic and Oscar together, Matic and Oscar don't seem to offer an awful lot creatively and when Fabregas played uh, against Leicester in the week I mean he put in a superb performance and uh, there's a real clamour from the supporters I think to see him start on Saturday. Do you think he might start?
1: <laughs> what a difference a year makes, eh? Um well, I think I, I I think for one he has to start. I th- I think he should have been playing from the start. Anyone who's ever listened to me talk football um I was a forward and this defensive
0: midfield JK
1: I don't like one, let alone two. Jose Mourinho has introduced two. Um, Antonio Conte, I think, is defensive-minded. He's a a, a typical Italian coach. That's not to say he's not going to be a winner, Um, but he is, as a lot of good managers are, uh, cautious defensively to start off with. Um, But nevertheless, these two holding midfield players, I mean, when he bought Kante, you know, I, I always look at big signings and I think to myself... The money could is normally spent on that sort of money on creative or explosive players or mm. players who are going to change a game. People people will argue. You know, you look at your Makaleli role. And he's the man responsible for all his defensive midfield stuff. He was the best in the business at what he did, and he he played in successful sides. So other people then decide not only are you got to have one, we've got to have two of them. Well you'll end up with mundane, boring football with people who don't create in the hope that you can win a a game with a free kick or a corner kick or a set play or something like that. The likes of Fabregas who can pick a pass in my day, the Glenn Hoddles, uh, the the Mickey Hazards, the Pat Nevins, people who can can change the game, can do things with a pass, can make things happen with a football. They're the things, not only defensively because every supporter wants to win, but we want to see creativity. We want to see flair. We want to see goals. We want to see near misses and excitement. You know, this boring football, win 1-0, it's great. Everyone said, oh, boring, boring, and, you know, sideways passing and possession and all. Listen, give me a, a 5-3, 5-4. I mean, every week, look, what fun that would be. <laughs> Not for defenders, but listen, given the choice, I'd take a 5-4 rather than a 1-0. Yeah,
0: well, we used to have quite a few of those in your day, as I remember. Right, well, that's probably why i take them. <laughs> very good point. I mean actually I think you, you you make an excellent point and it's really you know it's interesting to hear the perspective of a of a great striker because I think one of the things that we have been missing with Fabricus absent is is the link up play he has with between him and Costa. Although having said that, Costa's been on fire and looks like he's back to his best this season. I mean he's got 5 goals in 5 games and he's looking He's looking hungry, but I tell you what really impressed me uh, in the game against Leicester when he came on. He just looks really sharp. You know, when he, got, when he gets the ball, the time between getting the ball and cracking a shot away is minimal, and that, that tells me that's a striker who's in form.
1: Well, who's to say my argument would, would continue, and it's, it's one that would never be resolved, and it'll only be resolved by successes. How many more goals would he have scored if he had more creative players well, on the field?
0: Very, very, you know, very good
1: I, point. Because I agree with you. Um he's looking sharp in, in, in a team that I have to say. He's not created loads of chances. Um he works very hard. He he, he plays the position very well as a single striker. And, you know, I'm I'm an advocate for two strikers. Leicester won the league last year, four four two. I've never seen a shape or a system win a football match, it's players that win. <laughs> and and it's what Absolutely. players that, it's what it's what players that complement each other. You know, it's who, who does what. And you have to score goals to win a football match. Um, Costa, for me, yes, he is the finished article. Chelsea at the moment still need a bit of fine tuning. Conte's still looking for it. I hope he gets it. Fabregas has to stay on and play. I think he's, well, Hazard will be our most creative player. Um, but, but certainly in the centre, Fabregas is mm. um, the one that can make that pass. And Costa, without doubt, needs service.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he did look a bit isolated against Liverpool, which was worrying. I mean, the other thing that, that, that you know, I, I, I this is something we've talked about on the fancast, and I've been ranting about it actually for weeks, because it's, frankly, it's really pissed me off. But I think he gets <laughs> a really, really, he gets a really bad press. And I think it's a very lazy narrative again, isn't it? It's like, oh, he cheats, he dives, he does all of this. It's always all of his fault. But, you know, the statistics, you know, bear out the fact that he's probably one of the most fouled players in the Premier League. And actually, you look you look at the fouls that he commits, and he's way down the list. So I, 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 it really annoys me this negativity about him. I and mean, where where do you stand on that with Costa?
1: I think he's great. I think that um, people say he plays on the edge. This has become one of the phrases of, of modern football, and there's plenty of them. But um, he he takes the rules to the point whereby he's either on just short of or slightly over every rule that he's <laughs> going in football, and you know, sometimes people get the hump about it and quite rightly so, and other times they get the hump and, and, and they're out of order. Um, yeah. I think he, as long as he makes his return in terms of goals, Chelsea fans undoubtedly see him putting in the effort and work and he plays his position very well. Um, in fact, for me, he's one of the best strikers in the world um, yeah. playing the type of position. Mark Hughes was a hold-up player and he very abrasive striker, you know, battling always with centre-halves. Didn't score the goals that he should have done necessarily, but Costa is a, is a bit like that and, and he gets the goals. So, yeah. you know, Chelsea fans will never be complaining. And listen, if people give him stick, no, and we can put up with that. David Speedy in my day used to get all the stick going and left me free to <laughs> score a couple of
0: goals. <laughs> he certainly did, actually. And of course, a very abrasive character in his own right, wasn't he?
1: Well, that's another day, I should think.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Well, let's hope Costa, you know, has got his shooting boots on and gets a hat full tomorrow. I mean, the one thing that I love about us playing Arsenal recently, you know, aside from not losing to them and usually winning, is the fact that you've had these wonderful kind of contrasting styles and we've tended to beat them up and bully them a lot. Uh, which I, you know, as a, as a supporter, you love to see that. And, uh, you know, with Costa on your side, you get a feeling that we might do that. So uh, just a finally bit on the game. I mean, do you, you know, what's your prediction for for Saturday? Um,
1: if we can keep it tight defensively, I think we'll win the game. I do think that most games, the way Arsenal play, are an open game attacking games. And I have to say, um, they, they give you they give you a chance and, at the moment, I think we'll we'll probably give them a chance or two. So I'm going for possibly Chelsea by the odd goal, two-one or three-two.
0: Yeah, good man. I you know I like to, I like to hear that you're feeling positive about it. I mean I was I was a lot more nervous about this game, uh, having seen us play Liverpool last week. But I think uh, you know given given that Fabregas gets a start on on Saturday, I'm going to feel a lot happier. I mean. If you'd have talked to me before the Leicester game, I would have said it might be a draw, probably a 2-2. But I think uh, I'm feeling a little bit happier after the Leicester game. So I'm going to go, like you, actually, the odd goal, probably a 2-1, I think. Let's agree on that, then. All right. It's nice to agree, Kerry. I I, I always knew we would. Um, (laughs) Listen, mate... (laughs) It's not bad in the first show. It's not bad at all, is it? Well, if you've listened to any of the others, you'll find out that most of us on the show disagree with each other all the time, actually. I mean, in oh, the right. old days, when we used to do it in the pub, it would it would come to blows nearly. So it's nice that you and I <laughs> are getting on so well.
1: Um, That's something I, mean, I, I
0: prefer not to talk about. Well, quite right, absolutely. <laughs> well, talking about things like that, of course, I mean, I know you've just released uh, another biography called uh, Upfront. And, I mean, judging by the reaction that it's got from everybody that I know and, and, and a lot of people on Twitter and stuff, it seems to be going going very well i mean how's it how's it all going with the book
1: i'm not really sure to be honest uh, i don't know how many it's sold or how many how it's selling i hope people uh, who read it think that it's uh an interesting enough book and um you know it, it's it's a book that's been told honestly it's a book that's been told as it is um and it's pretty much my life um mm-hmm. in terms of what i did in football and how uh, my off the field activities have affected my life but yeah. Nevertheless, um, you know, people can view it how they view it. Um, I hope uh, people buy it, uh, for obvious reasons, and I hope people get some sort of enjoyment out of it and take something out of the book. But uh, I don't know how it's going. I just hope that uh, it, it sells well and people get some enjoyment out of it.
0: Absolutely spot on. I mean, what I will say, for, I mean, I've not quite finished it yet, but I mean, what I would say is it's, it's lovely, you know, reliving a lot of those memories of the games that you played for us in, uh, but also, I think what comes across very well is an incredibly honest book, mate. And I think uh, you know, hats off to you for for being so honest about that. I, I think that you deserve a massive slap on the back for that. Um, but <laughs> well, I'll tell I tell you what, I mean,
1: gonna say, just going to say thanks to you for your, for your kind words and and, and uh, you uh, know, first you, show here, with, first show here with you, and and thanks to everyone. Uh, I would like to say that who has bought the book and offered kind words uh, with it since.
0: Well, spot on, mate. Well, you're you're well loved, as you as you as you know. Um, listen, I know you've got a few book signings coming up, haven't you? Have you do you want to tell us about those?
1: Yeah, there's one at um, There's one at Lashing's in Maidstone in ten, yeah. and there's one at Sutton Football Club um, on October twenty eighth. is confirmed, so you know, okay, any Chelsea well, fans I mean, live near them places, please feel free to come along and I'll sign your book for you.
0: Well, I've got I've got details of the of the uh, the one in Maidstone, which I think is uh, is the twenty eighth of Next September Wednesday. at seven o'clock, isn't it? Uh, I'm not quite, quite sure where it is, uh, but it's, uh, it's uh, definitely Maitland. Mason.
1: Yeah, yeah, Lashing's uh, Lashing's bar. I'm not sure of the address, that's but um, Lashing's in Maidstone. It's, uh, it's a sports bar, so that's yeah. one of them anyway.
0: So that's on the 28th of September at 7 p.m. And I and I know that you're going to be um, at the CFC UK stall on the uh, on the 23rd before the Man United game, aren't you? I think doing a few books uh, signings there. It.
1: Yeah. As it stands, you know, that's uh, one of the ones that's been penciled in as well. Um, so, you know, there are one or two uh, events to try and uh, publicise the book and, indeed, give supporters the opportunity for me to sign it for them.
0: No, brilliant. I'm sure they'd love to, well, A, buy the book, you know, because it's a cracking read, but also the, the opportunity to meet you and, and get you to sign it is is, is fantastic. And I shall, I shall be at the CFC UK stall, so I shall come and say hello to you myself as well, <laughs> mate.
1: All right, Dave, no problem.
0: Lovely stuff. Of course, I'm off on holiday. Uh, annoyingly, just as we've got going on a show, so we we won't be back doing a show until uh, the week. I think actually we'll be doing a show before the Man United game on on you know the th- you know just before that, so where uh, we can preview the Man United game. That'll be our next show. But I can't wait for that because this has been great fun. Perfect timing.
1: Thank you very much, Dave. Enjoy your holiday.
0: I will. Cheers, mate. Brilliant stuff and massive, massive thanks to Kerry. As Kerry was saying, you can buy his book up front from Amazon or better still, try and catch him at one of his book signings and get a signed copy. He'll be at Lashing Sports Bar in Maidstone on Wednesday, the September the 28th at 7pm and he'll be at the CFC UK stall before the Man United game on October the 23rd. Uh, Kerry and I will be back with you on Friday the 21st of October to preview Chelsea's game against Man United which may well have added spice with the return to the bridge of Jose Mourinho. Don't forget to tune in to the Chelsea Fancast on Monday nights, live at 7pm at mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen Fancast, or of course download the podcast on Acast, iTunes and Soundcloud amongst others. And for everything to do with the Chelsea Fancast, follow us on Twitter at Fancast. Email us at chelseafancast at gmail.com or check out the website, chelseafancast.com. Many, many thanks to Kerry. Thanks to you lot for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chels. Up the chill!